0: It's Thursday, August 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians, you, 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 ne- you can never count them out. These kids come back last night, down two in the eighth inning. Uh, the first two guys in the, the inning strike out. The third guy in the inning strikes out, and, and the game continues. Uh, Luke Mailey, uh reaches first base on a drop third strike. And it leads to six straight runs. The Guardians come back uh down in the eighth inning and, and win eight to four. Uh they they salvage a split in the series against Detroit and they head into Thursday's off day, uh basically feeling really good about themselves.
1: Yeah, what a what a crazy uh comeback, Joe. Just uh and the irony, you know, you can't miss the irony because the night before uh Cleveland had to come out to back out in the fourth in the fir- first inning to get four outs to get the fourth out after the, uh, you, know, the, uh, the, inter- the uh, you know, the, the, well, the, you know, the call at pl- home plate was reversed. And uh, the same thing happens to the Tigers. Basically, you know, when maley reaches first base, they've got, they, that was the third out, but they've got to get another out and they never did ba- until the game was blown open. So just a remarkable comeback, Joe, they are, 26 and 12 in games decided from the seventh inning on, you know that that tells you that that you wrote this, something this morning and
0: said that they never stop playing and that
1: you know that's a pretty good uh, number to back that
0: up. And and that was uh, Tito's theme after the game, and that's what he sort of focused in on was if you keep playing and you keep playing no matter what when you're down, if you play the game the right way and the way you're supposed to, when you do the little things. Uh, and these these young guys are learning that you're never really truly out of a game. And and the Guardians are showing that. They get big clutch hits, like you said, uh, after the seventh inning. Uh, Steven Kwan, Jose Ramirez, Ahmed Rosario legs out an infield single. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez doubles off the wall. Uh, once once the floodgates opened there, once, once Maley reached and and Miles Straw kept the inning going with a, a a base hit up the middle. Uh then it was like uh, like Stephen Kwan said, hitting was contagious. You know, they they everybody just seemed to put the 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 ball in play. And for a team that on Wednesday or I'm sorry, on Tuesday had everything go wrong for them. Everything went against them, every call, every challenge, every replay went against the Guardians on Tuesday on wednesday it seemed every ball dropped and every everything fell in and and in that one inning everything just came together
1: karma joe karma <laughs>
0: had,
1: had to have something to do with that but they're 22 and 7 in their last at bat you know that i mean 22 and 7 in their last at bat 25 come from behind wins uh just uh you know this is a team where when they teams start doing this you know really good things happen
0: yeah, they and they really stuck to it and and stuck to their their game plan. You know, when when Tito was talking in the in his post game last night, <clears throat> it kind of struck me like uh, if you've ever seen the movie uh Miracle, uh about the 1980 US Olympic hockey team yeah. and Herb <clears throat> Brooks is is on the bench in the in the third period they they'd just taken the lead against the Soviets but they had, you know, you know, 8 minutes or so to to try and to kill off and 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 get out of there and, and Herb Brooks is behind the bench just sort of imploring his team over and over again play your game play your game Herb Brooks uh, Kurt Russell keeps repeating the line over and over again and and that's really just the the vision I got of, of Tito in the dugout you know telling these guys you know hey if you guys keep playing there's there's no way we, we don't come back and win this game and and they're starting to believe in themselves Stephen Kwan said it best and after the game, you know, uh, nobody else believed in them at the beginning of the year. Uh, now they believe in themselves and now they're a dangerous team.
1: Yeah, definitely. And just like you, he rattle off those hits, you know, Maley wor- reaches on a wild pitch straw gets a
0: single straws. And that that might've been his first hit in who knows how long he was a- entering the game. He was four for his previous 49 or 47. <laughs> he was in a four for 47 slump. He was 0-3 uh, when he went to the plate in the in the eighth inning, and, and he comes through with really one of the biggest hits of the game because if he grounds out there, the game's over. Yeah, and he like he made the last out of the game the night
1: before, right, on the controversial uh, – no, he didn't make the last out, I think. He struck out in the yeah, – Yeah, in the big situation, yeah. Then uh, Quan hits the, the ground rule double down the right field line, and, you know, the, if it doesn't bounce into the stands, the game is tied right then, but, you know, they have – they have to keep playing to just to tie it
0: up well well here's the irony of that uh you know tito said he said exactly that the the ball bounced funny how do you how does a left-handed hitter uh hit a ball that bounces fair and then goes up into the seats the way it does usually it's a right-handed hitter with the the spin on it and the english that the ball bounces in that direction but kwan hits it and it, it bounces funny goes up into the stands and tito's thinking oh no what You know, the the run's going to get stranded on third. We're going to lose by a run, whatever. Uh, And Ahmed Rosario comes to the plate. And Tito in pregame had talked about how being able to move the DH around was a good thing because he got uh, Ahmed off of his feet the the night before, had DH'd him because his, quote unquote, his legs looked a little heavy uh, after hitting into a, uh, a couple of double plays in the game before, the second game of the doubleheader on Monday. So he gets a med off of his feet. He comes back the next day. Ahmed's in the starting lineup and and you know, his legs might be a little fresher. And when he needs it the most, he hits this dribbler next to the to the mound and legs out the infield hit. Miles Straw scores and the game is tied. Yeah, I
1: mean it like Rosario looked like a blur. I was watching the replay on TV. His play—it looked like uh, you know when you used to play a forty-five record on seventy-eight. You
0: know, it was like he was like he was like a double time. You couldn't even see his legs. It was a blur. Yeah, Tito says you know Tito Tito is always praising Ahmed Rosario's effort and his hustle and how he never takes for granted. He always busts it down the line. Uh, No matter what time, what the situation in the game is, he does plays the game the right way. He just said, you know, you know, maybe he'd been played a a few games in a row and and looked a little tired, so he he got him off of his feet. He wasn't criticizing his effort. He was saying, you know, everybody gets tired once in a while, and uh, you know, it turns out when when it's just funny when he needed it the most, he had that little extra in the tank and beat the play out at first base, And, and and it turned out to to lead to Jose Ramirez coming up and hitting a ball that, you know, looked off the bat, looked like, oh, here we go, we're going to extra innings or, or something like that, and it, I don't know where Akil Badu was, Akil Badu was playing in Westlake at the yeah. time <laughs> because he was so deep, he couldn't get to that ball, and by the time he did, it squirts past him to the, to the the uh, to the line for a double. Yeah, that was, I mean, it looked like, you know, Ramirez couldn't
1: have thrown that ball out there and put it in a better spot. He just, he just, and yeah, Badu just had, you know, he had to be playing no doubles on the warning track or something. I don't know where he was, but, you know, he was late getting to the ball. And, and like you said, it, it, it took a left turn away from him.
0: So, uh, Oscar Gonzalez comes up. He doubles off the wall. His second hit of the game. Oscar was, was scooting around the bases looking great, was pretty pumped up. Uh, And then uh, uh, A.J. Hinch decides to intentionally walk Josh Naylor and and boy, you don't want to give Josh Naylor in that in in a late inning situation. You don't want to give Josh Naylor any more reason for motivation at all. But when when Owen Miller uh, steps up and hits his RBI single, Josh Naylor on a bad wheel, Josh Naylor motors to third base, dives in with what uh, it's it looks like uh it it must have been a head first slide, but it was yeah. it was something. uh, and then just decides to go berserk at third base in front of his teammates. I know he's doing the
1: you can't see me whatever that was.
0: and and unleashing a verbal tirade of an uh, of profanity that I think uh is still hanging in the air over progressive field uh this morning. Uh, it, it's it it is a thing of beauty. We've seen it what maybe three four times this year when Josh Naylor just absolutely loses his mind and Hoynesy. <laughs> after the game, we walked into the clubhouse and Josh Naylor is sitting at the table by his locker playing cards like yeah. like nothing had like like it was it, it, like a light switch had gone off and <laughs> and he was just in total calm mode it's night and day with this guy he is so entertaining to watch when when he's in game mode and just going crazy and then you come back into the clubhouse and he's this completely different person
1: yeah i wonder where all that 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 emotion comes from or what where does it how does he unleash it you know it's like <laughs> we've seen it so a couple of times and it's like it's scary almost
0: well, well, I talked to uh, his junior national team in in Canada, uh, Greg Hamilton. I talked to his manager on that team, and Hamilton said, "Oh yeah, he's seen that before. That's that's not new. That's I mean, this is a guy who's been doing this since he was 15 years old, and and acting this way, and and has had those leadership qualities, uh, and and that same intensity since he was 15 playing against 18 year olds on on the junior national circuit." <laughs> But that was, that,
1: that was great. And then, uh, then what, the, well, then the, the inning finally ended with him. Andres Jimenez striking out of all people for the second time in
0: the inning. Yeah. It, it, and Jimenez had a hit in the game uh, earlier. And, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he had a, a whale of a series. He, he's been playing really well, but, but really it's, it, it's about, you know, every night, this is not a team that's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, on a on a consistent basis, they, they just they don't have those guys, you know, yet in the lineup or, or haven't developed into that yet. Uh, but they they lead the league in the fewest strikeouts, uh, you know, lowest strikeout rate. They lead the league in contact rate. Six run innings can happen like this when you don't strike out and you continue to put the ball in play and and things, you know, go your way. You, you catch all these breaks like that. You can string together an inning where there's five hits. Yeah,
1: that that was really fun to watch. That was, uh, you know, textbook hustle from almost everybody involved. Uh, and like you said, they didn't hit the ball out of the park. I mean, they had a double, right? I mean, right. two doubles, one ground rule, and one, you know, you know, a legit double. Actually,
0: they had, they had three. Oh doubles, yeah, three doubles. Three doubles. yeah, three doubles. Yeah, winning what... a ground rule, uh, a funky one that that should have been an out, and and one off the wall that was legit where uh where Gonzalez just sort of reached down and golfed it to the wall. Yeah. Uh,
1: what about Gonzalez? I mean, he's got 20 doubles already. I mean, the guy is he's on I mean, he's I mean, he looks he's, like a legit middle of the lineup
0: hitter. He is uh I think third or fourth tied for third or fourth in the league in total hits for the month of August. I mean you know just since he's been back uh off the off the injured list Uh, you know, you would expect a rookie like that, even though he was hot before he got hurt, you would expect a rookie to maybe, maybe struggle, maybe strike out a little bit or whatever. His approach has been so good at the plate lately. Tito keeps talking about it. Every every time you bring him up, he's a, a, a big guy who there there's, there's some, you expect some swing and miss. You expect the strikeouts to be there, but, and, and he'll, he'll swing from his heels, when there's, you know, one strike or, or um, you know, no strikes in the count, when he gets to two strikes in the count, he's thinking right field, he goes into contact mode, and because he's got, you know, just tremendous power, he, sometimes he 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 can actually drive the ball with two strikes to right field.
1: Yeah, and I mean he does that in a in a, that double, I mean he kind of reached out and just you know, he kind of kept his hands back, but he was in an awkward position and still yeah. hit it off the wall.
0: Uh, his uh, his rear end was in independence. I mean, he was bailing <laughs> on that swing for sure. But uh, uh, how, why am I referencing all these suburbs? <laughs> I'm like magazine here. Uh, but, yeah, it was a funny swing for sure, but it worked. Uh, you can't can't argue with the results. Also can't argue with the results, I guess, if you're Cal Quantrill. Uh, he said... <laughs> He, he somehow avoids taking the loss, even though he leaves the game after the sixth inning, uh, trailing by four, by his own admission, just did not pitch his best game after after two just fantastic starts in a row, uh, scoreless outings before that. Uh, he gets the team into the, uh, into the seventh inning, though. He, he goes, goes six, allows the four runs, uh, does not take the loss because his team gets him off the hook, Uh, Cal Quantrill has still never lost a progressive field 27 career appearances 17 career starts he's never taken a loss in that building
1: yeah you know I I uh, you know I like what he said after the game Um, you know he said uh, you know usually he would have been upset with himself but you know the boys bailed him out they saved him so he can live with that and uh, he did go six innings like you said Joe and you know he, he goes six innings almost every time out. You got to love if you're a manager. You got to love that from a starter. You know, and, and it keeps that bullpen uh, fresh and intact.
0: How how powerful is that? How how much of a statement could that be to somebody like Zach Policek, who thinks every time you know things the wheels fall off the cart that you know woe is me and 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 you can see the emotion <laughs> overtake him. Cal Quantrill has, by all accounts, by his own account. Uh, a, a pretty rough start, and he's able to just immediately flush it because the the boys come back and win it for him, and and he can look at his next start with a clean slate. Whereas all of the baggage that's in the back of Zach Plesak's head uh, every time he takes the mound, now you can just see it weighing on him uh out there. You know, every time he pitches.
1: Yeah, it's just I think it's just a learning process, Joe. Uh, We've I've seen we've seen so many pitchers go through this. CC Sabathian, and Cliff Lee. I mean, we're talking about Cy Young winners. Even even Corey Kluber. Even you know when, when it was hard to see Path get underneath his surface. You know things did bother him. You know mistakes were made behind him. They did upset him. Uh, you know the just the kind of the nature of the game could get under your skin. So you know that's that's something Zach is going to have to deal with. And
0: uh I think eventually he will, you know, eventually he'll come out of the other end of the tunnel. You you mentioned the bullpen there, uh, James Karinchek and uh, Brian Shaw got the ball to Emmanuel Classe in the ninth. Uh wasn't a save situation because they scored so many runs, but it was still good to see Classe come through and, and, and finish the game off. I wanna I wanna go back to, to Karinchak. Uh, seventh inning, he strikes out the side. Uh, and and then comes back out for the eighth and gets two outs there. Uh, gets into a situation where there's a runner on base. So so Francona sees that the, the pitch count is his climbing. He brings in Shaw for for one batter. Gets the ground out, and Shaw winds up getting his sixth win of the season. Uh, you know he's coming in, you know making a, making a habit of picking up these wins. Yeah, the
1: vulture comes in and uh, you <laughs> know comes in and vultures another win. But uh, I was interesting. Why did, did Tito say why he wanted to go with two innings with the uh, Karen check?
0: You know, no, I just think maybe the, he had, he had pitched the, the seventh. Uh, he was at like 14 pitches after the seventh. Oh, okay. So his, his pitch count was real low after that. He figured maybe he could get through um uh, best case scenario there. But I asked him about what's made Karen check so effective. He now has a, a 16 and a third inning streak, a uh, scoreless streak. He hasn't been scored on. In, in 16 and a third innings um and, and and Tito said curveball it's it was it's so good so sharp and so crisp that uh Karen Jack is is sort of riding that right now and this is as dominant as we've seen him uh and for as, as you mentioned yesterday how you know he's sort of taken Eli Morgan's role over and that's that setup role now uh that it, it, it's it's fortunate that they can maybe Afford to to try and work on Eli Morgan now because they've got somebody to replace him in that that sort of role.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. And uh, yeah, after uh, Karen Check, what he I think he gave up a couple runs in his first two appearances back. You know when he came back up from Columbus, and he's been you know he's been lights out since then. He hasn't given up a run. And like you said, Joe, that curveball is really you know this is this he looks like uh, the Karen Check from the first half of last season. He really kind of dominant right now
0: so you've got Karen uh you've got a uh, Karen with his curveball. Stefan with his splitter when when he's rested and, and good to go and that's going well uh Hentges now is is getting really good movement on his two-seam fastball according to Tito he said the the horizontal movement on that pitch is is really good uh so each each guy in the back end of that bullpen and you know Hentges might not necessarily be towards the back end yet but each of those guys, you know, is sort of developing their niche and, and sort of, you know, finding a role for, for themselves as we get to this stretch part of the, the schedule. Uh, the bullpen sort of is lining itself up. Sandlin came in the other day with a slider and yeah. was, was throwing Frisbees up there. It was ridiculous. Uh, and that was on on uh, Tuesday. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that that bodes well as long as the bullpen can, can stay, stay sharp and stay rested uh, as they have. Because you've got the the White Sox coming in here now for a three game weekend series, and boy does it set up really nicely with the pitching matchups, uh, starting with Tristan McKenzie and Lance Lynn on Friday.
1: Yeah, it's big, big series, uh, uh, obviously in the in the AL Central um sh- Chicago who has still has to play uh, the Astros today th- uh you know Thursday before they get to Cleveland um you know they're two games back but uh you know th- they've been I think they've won what five of their last six um uh Cleveland is, you know g- g- pulled out that win uh, last night so they they've got a game a game lead over the Twins and a two game lead over the White Sox uh so this is <laughs> Big series. This is what. You, hey, if you're a baseball fan, and it's late August, and you want you you know are betting that you you want your team to play meaningful games in uh, you know late mid to late August, you got it right. They, these
0: are three of them. Meaningful games. Uh, the the Guardians and uh, Tigers split that series. Uh, they are now. Uh, we we talked about this yesterday. Uh, exactly one thousand one hundred and forty four games each in their their history. Uh, playing each other dating back to 1901, uh, the two franchises are completely even split down the middle. That's that's what uh, that's what Cleveland earned by that victory. They won the season series against Detroit for the seventh consecutive season since 2016. Uh, they they've dominated the Tigers. They've built their their reputation in the Central basically on dominating the Tigers uh, in that that stretch. Uh, it, it you know it was a, a big win, a big momentum uh, sort of boost as they head into the weekend with uh, with the White Sox and and now you you just sort of look forward to uh, you, Mackenzie Lynn on Friday, Shane Bieber, Johnny Cueto on Saturday, and and then you roll your, you roll the dice with uh, Aaron Savali and Dylan Cease, who who I've got right now in my top five uh, Cy Young vote.
1: Yeah, definitely. Cease, uh, Cease is definitely, we've seen him how many times. I think he's pitched at least three times against Cleveland this season and uh, has done a great job each time out. Uh, you know, Savali with that curveball struck out 10 guys the last time, you know, he looks like he's back in form. Uh, but that, that's a, that's a big hill to climb against Cease. And, you know, the, uh, the guardians haven't done a great job against them so far this year, but, but just, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun weekend at the ballpark. And, uh, you know, this is, hey, this is what you play for. This is what fans, you know, wait for. And this is what players play for.
0: Uh, right before we before we wrap it up here, wanted to mention uh, subtext, uh, a, a opportunity for you guys. Uh, jump on board now, Three ninety nine dollars a month. Uh, go to cleveland.com slash subtext to sign up or send a text to 216 uh, 298 uh, 298- uh, three six three four, and you can get uh, direct messages from Hoinsey and myself. Uh, if you were on Subtext yesterday, uh, you would know that Will Benson and Nolan Jones were both playing catch during uh, the pregame. Uh, uh, you know, batting practice and workouts—they were both playing catch with first base gloves on. Uh, and I asked Tito about it in his pregame, and he said, uh, "You know, Will Benson's been working out at first base, taking infield." As a possibility, but he said Nolan Jones approached him and said, Hey, what do you think of me? You know, maybe we're taking some balls over there and, and starting to get some work. And Tito said, That's great. I'm all in favor of the idea. I wasn't going to approach Nolan Jones uh, because they're already asking enough of him and he didn't yeah. want to add another thing to his plate for a young guy. But he said, If the young guy comes to him and says, Hey, I want to try this too, he said he's all in favor of it. So uh, who knows? It'll be a race to see who we get to see at first base first, uh, Nolan Jones or, or Will Benson, because, you know, we saw uh, Owen Miller drop another ball the other day that was thrown to him. I, I just I can't even fathom uh, how how a first baseman in in the major leagues drops as many balls as Owen Miller has this year.
1: And you and they're all kind of like on throws, Joe, because, you know, you see him making diving stops behind the yeah. bag and, you know, to a, to his left and his right. But on the throws to the, you know, on the, on the throws, he just, it, it it's like he's got a bullfrog in his glove that it just like pops out. It keeps popping out. It's weird.
0: Have, have you ever seen a first baseman, done 40 years of covering baseball, have you ever seen a first baseman? Drop as many balls as Owen Miller has this year. Yeah,
1: and you know, he, and he's a, you got to give him credit. I mean, he's a converted infielder, converted middle infielder, but st- you know, it's a I don't you know, it's like Mike Hargrove said, not everybody can play
0: first base. Everybody thinks they can play first base, but it, it's not that easy. It's the last spot. It's it's the spot where you say, ah, oh, just put him at first base. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, and you don't realize how, how until a guy drops a ball, you don't realize how important it is.
1: Yeah, and you uh, touch the ball every play almost. Yeah, you know, right. you, you're you handling the ball.
0: Uh, you just think about Carlos Santana, how he worked so hard and turned <laughs> himself into a really good defensive first baseman, uh, you know, so maybe there's a, a path for Miller there. All right, Hoise, that's going to wrap up another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we got one more in us this week. Uh, we'll talk to you before Friday's game against the White Sox, uh, do a little preview work there, and and we'll probably run around the league and see what's going on. Uh, with the rest of baseball. Uh, We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.